Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 15-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. My new album, White Knuckle Life, as well as my other original records, are available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, etc. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. Also, consider helping get the word out in the street via social media, five-star rating and review on iTunes, word of mouth, etc. Happy Thought of the Day is by Django Reinhardt. Jazz attracted me because in it I found a formal perfection, an instrumental precision that I admire in classical music, but which popular music doesn't have. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Back to the Mark Stare Music Podcast, episode 41. Last week's gigs wrap-up. Wednesday, I played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. The patio was closed due to the excessive heat, so I played my show inside, and it was a great time. Thursday, Mr. Brian K. Johnson and myself rocked out at the YZ Bar and Grill, a.k.a. the Muni in YZ Minnesota. Uh, we tried out a new spot in the bar, and it worked out really good. Huge thanks to Pam, Jeff, and all the regulars and staff out there that hang out with us every month we play down there. Friday, I played a solo show at Summerbee Golf Club in Byron, Minnesota. Again, it was still sweltering hot outside, so I played inside and got through it just fine. Saturday, Mr. Brian, Keith, Johnson, the Reverend, the Third, and myself rocked out a super fun show at Benelli's in Forest Lake, Minnesota. Those shows are just a ton of fun, and more and more people are coming out every time. Found out that we're going to be there the third Saturday of every month from now on. So great news there, and also, again, thank you to the Foss family and all our friends in Forest Lake for hanging out with us. Sunday, I played a solo show at the 5 o'clock club in Cumberland, Wisconsin. The weather finally turned around, and it was an absolutely gorgeous day. The patio was full, and I had a very nice surprise with my mother and my two nephews, Harper and Dawson, showing up for the gig. Upcoming shows. Wednesday, July 27th, 2016, I'll be playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 8 to 10 p.m. Friday, July 29th, 2016, I'll be playing a solo show at Danny's in Stillwater, Minnesota from 7 to 10 p.m. Saturday, July 30th, 2016, Mr. Brian K. Johnson, Brian Big Ticket Liggett, and I will be rocking out at a private party in Amory, Wisconsin. Looking forward to that for sure. Guest this week is part three of three with the popular Minnesota guitar extraordinaire, Luke Kramer. We discuss Uptown Minneapolis, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Country Licks, Rex Kramer, Rocket Club, Beat Bovine, etc. Enjoy the conversation.
Mr. Luke Kramer. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome back to the yes. Mark Siri Music Podcast, episode three with Luke. We're having a great time here, catching up, talking about Luke's, Luke's adventures throughout the live yeah. and local music biz. We are still in my basement in beautiful St. Paul, Minnesota. Copper's finally calmed down now, I think, yes, a little bit. a little bit. Uh, beautiful summer day, and we were just talking about Luke's stories with uh, Buddy Guy and and um, Clarence Gatemouth Brown and Luther Allison. <laughs> Here I stand, ragged and dirty. If you don't come get me, I'll run like a turkey. Here I stand. How was he? He was a nice guy. We had uh, our management at the time, Blue Sky Management, also managed Luther, and so we did some shows. But I, but the first time I opened for him was just at. The, the old blue saloon, yeah. and I didn't know him back then. And later we got to meet him and, and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's pretty. I mean, some of these guys, the old blues guys, there's not a lot of them left anymore, but it was pretty cool. I mean, yeah. I, I definitely lucked out that I got to meet some cool people and rock you know? out with those guys. Yeah. Um, I think this episode we'll talk about like kind of how you got started, kind of your, your, uh, um, how you got going in the cities, some of your mm-hmm. influences, that kind of stuff. Talk about your solo record, okay. and then touch on Rocket Club a little bit, if that's that'd cool. Be, that'd be great, yeah. Okay, so uh, where are you from, man? I grew up in Uptown, like literally like two blocks off Lake and Hennepin. Okay. And so, and it wasn't the Uptown that is now Uptown. It was just, you know, working class neighborhood and stuff like that. Because they didn't build all that stuff until I was in like high school or after. Um, but by the time then, then I was gone and... and uh, just got out of high school and started playing. I, we, we formed a blues band right out of high school and started, you know, back then you could just, I mean, you probably still can, but there was just, I mean, the West Bank was lined with blues bars and you'd, you'd you know, work for nothing on a Sunday. And if you did okay, they'd give you a Monday and then you'd work your way down. And, you know, 10 months later you're doing weekends and, you know, still not making any money, but we were having fun and we were kids and, yeah. and did that for a couple of years. And what songs were you playing? What blues tunes? Tons. <laughs> Probably the same stuff everybody's playing now. I remember it was like basically the entire Stevie Ray Vaughan album, the first one, Texas Flood. Fabulous Thunderbird stuff, yep. and a lot of you know, um, like Some uh, Muddy Waters. Yeah, band. Muddy Waters, Freddie King, BB King tunes. Um, you Did know, you ever meet Freddie King in your travels? No, no, that would have been Albert cool. King. No, Oof, I would have loved to meet that. Yeah, too. met Albert Collins. Didn't open for him, but same Albert thing. Collins? Same thing with being cocky. Yeah, my uh, my buddy and my, and Dude, my buddy and I went to go. See, yeah, oh, he's so cool. But we went to First Avenue to go see Albert play, and. It was like 30 below. I mean, one of those just horrible cold nights. And so it was, the club was not that packed. And Kurt Obita, who from the Butanes, was f- hanging out, and I think they were friends. And so I saw Kurt just walk backstage during the night, so I just went, okay, and just walked backstage. <laughs> and it's like, you know, yeah, it's great being young and dumb. And so, but you got to actually say hi then, which is pretty cool, because he's one of my favorites. Oh, my God. Um, but... But we just, yeah, we just played all the time and hung out. And, and like I said, blues it didn't turn into kind of what it did where it's bigger. It was still like, it wasn't that expensive to go see it. And the, those guys were still just like hashing it out in clubs. And I did that for quite a few years. And then um, 
my buddy Mick Massoff, who later was the bass player in the Hoop Snakes, him and I went to go see um, Hiram Bullock. <laughs> the fine line and Hiram was the original guitar player in David Letterman's band and he played he played on I mean he's played on tons of stuff big fusion guy in New York and and uh producer and all that stuff and ironically it was Michael Bland was like 19 years old and just playing so it was Will Lee and Hiram Bullock and then Michael and even those guys were like who the hell is this guy I mean just monster you know but after that gig literally I just was like I have to learn how to play guitar because it was like here's a guy who could play blues and he could play fusion he could play straight up rock and roll and you just were like I the next morning I woke up and I was like I gotta get serious and uh so did you have a, a guitar teacher? Yeah, teach well, yourself or? I played when I was sixteen. There, there was a music store in, in Uptown called Newt Coupe, that uh, was a really cool shop, and it's actually where they made the luthier there. Dave Rusan made, made the original Prince Cloud guitar for Purple Rain there. Really? Was, yeah, it was on Twenty Eighth and Hennepin, and uh, and Dave's still a friend. And uh, but uh, originally, when I was uh, young there. In, uh, Jeff Warian was one of the teachers there, and I taught he, or he taught me for a couple of years, and he's an amazing guitar player. And uh, his name actually just came up. I was talking with Martin because in the new there's a new replacements book, and he was one of the possible guys they asked to be in their placements after Bob died. And then, but so I literally I got up the next day after that Hiram show, and I called Jeff, and I go, I, I you need to I need to learn how to play. <laughs> and, you know, and he just goes, well, I'm, you need to call this guy. And his name's Reynold Flipsick. And Reynolds is just a jazzer. And so I spent, like, the next couple of years really trying to just learn theory and just get into it. And I, I did that. And we we actually had a band for a while. And we did three CDs with that band. And then... What was um, the name of that group? <laughs> I tried it. I did Reynolds Remarkable Rhythm Cattle. Really? Yeah. And so, and we were great. We'd get great reviews. We'd get written up. We got our logo. It ended up in Entertainment Weekly. We got, you know, it, all this stuff. Critics loved us. Nobody ever came to our shows. And and it was, but it was a cool band. It was real, like, um, are you hip to bands like XTC and stuff like that? Real kind of power pop, weird, a lot of funky time signatures and, you know, stuff that nobody can dance to, so nobody liked us. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I and we were just having fun, and it was it was great, and it was it was cool, and then it just kind of started slowing down, and it, you know because there was no money in it, um, and that was kind of about the time that I that I ended up in GB Leighton. It was towards the end of that. Okay. Um, and so when I came into Leighton, it was funny because now I consider myself such a kind of country rock guy, and I had none of that back then. I was totally you know just and playing fast and and. Uh, and it was so it was a really cool thing, and I'd never really been in like a rock thing. It was always like blues or kind of trying to be jazz fusion stuff, and and uh, and it just worked, and it you know, and I liked it, and it fit well, and and I liked the songs, and yeah, and it just kind of evolved, you know. Brian and I were always really on the same page as far as what the sound should be. You know, and just incorporating because we're both like country music fans, like old stuff. You know, and I know you are as well. And and so we just, you know, 
it's not like all we did was sit around and listen to Springsteen. You know, it's like we yeah, talk about course. we talk about all this cool stuff, Billy Joe Shaver, and you know, all the old Whalen stuff, and mm-hmm. and just having fun, and 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 so it kind of slowly incorporated into that, and and as and then my taste changed a lot too, as far as what I wanted to do, and and uh, and I think even it reflects on the records a little bit too, as far as what we could get away with, is instead of just bashing stuff out, and <laughs> but yeah. I was flipping through your Facebook today, yeah. kind of lining up some notes to yeah. ask you, and I saw a picture of you in some old band. I didn't even recognize it, but it's a really, really cool old picture. It looked like something like, like freaking Motorhead or something. But it's, it was Luke and the Alley Cats. Oh, that one! Oh my God! Yeah, that was that blues band that we would was. get all those gigs with. Yeah, that's like <laughs> 1984. That's a cool picture, man. Yeah, you should maybe hang that one up too. Yeah, leather ja- leather jackets <laughs> and long hair and neat ass. Neat ass hair, man. You've always yeah. had the cool hair, but back then, man, that was really cool. That was that was probably had some pretty good Bon Jovi hair for a while there. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, who were your early primary influences on the guitar, uh, or whatever? Yeah. Well, man. I, yeah. I mean, Stevie Ray Vaughan hit at exactly the time I needed it to, and that was pretty big. But I was also really into like I love Willie Nelson. I still do. Um, you know, God, yeah, all the all the typical Eric Clapton, Jeff Beck, huge, Jimi Hendrix, you know. I mean, I literally, there was an Eric Clapton album called Just One Night. It's a double live album. And I think I came home every night and put it on and just play, 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 and and go over that stuff. And, and uh, Does that album end with Tulsa Time at the end? Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> song yeah years. right and oh. it's just great music and i just always i don't know i so eric clapton huge his whole career stuff is a lot and then every time i kind of move on like and need to like grasp something new somebody would always hit me and it's like then i got into my 20s and it was guys like pat martino and mike stern like a lot of jazz guys but it that stuff i honestly still use you know and it, it jazz doesn't always have to just be weird stuff it's just it's really getting proficient and and um and then, I mean, somewhere in the middle, I really got into the, like, we talked earlier about the whole, like, red dirt Texas scene, and that thing of playing loud, playing distorted, but playing country licks really hit me, and I just, and that's, I've been there since, you know, guys like David Grissom and, uh, you know, all the Joe Ely stuff that he had, and, and, and just the different bands, Charlie Robeson, and, I mean, fantastic records, and, and that's kind of, a lot of like what we did in GB and a lot of what we do with Martin Zeller too is like playing this stuff, but you're not trying to do faithful recreations of, you know, you're not trying to be a fifties country thing. You're playing, you know, country songs, but you're giving it your own signature. And I love that part. I just love, I love all the pedal steel bands on guitar. I love all the, you know, just doing cool tricks and Danny Gatton, another huge one. God, that hit at a time when I needed it too. And kind of got absorbed, self-absorbed into that. But (laughs) I remember when we used to open for you guys all the time, we'd uh, I always used to talk to you about Django Reinhardt. Oh my god, Hot yeah, Club France. Yeah, I still love Django. I'm not the greatest. Actually, this guy Reynolds Flipsack. If anybody check him out, because he plays. 
he's he's brilliant at that stuff, the Django stuff, and he plays around town a lot, doing that. And uh, did Django, you have two fingers? Yeah, two fingers. Story? Yep. He burned his. He had his hand looked like this. They were there, but they were like he got burned in a fire when he was a kid. They lived in caravans in France, and he just so it, it's yeah, it's phenomenal stuff. It's worth anybody to check it out because it's beautiful music, and you just can't believe. I mean, this guy in the 40s during World War II was still playing in Paris and like even the German soldiers left him alone because he was Django you know what I mean it's like he was a badass dude and yeah. he, he was a great player and he was like there was nobody better and he's there's still he's, it's amazing stuff and you can't believe you can do that stuff with just you know your first two fingers but is it true when Dickie Betts wrote is it Jessica or Jessica. Melissa one of those songs that that was an ode to oh, Django really? Reinhardt and he plays it with two fingers, oh, like wow. did. I didn't I know, know that. Did stuff with two yeah. fingers. Some of that stuff, John Jorgensen's another brilliant guitar player that is is in a, into that style now. And even he his hand's fine, but he does he's like sometimes you just have to play it that way. That's the way it sounds right. You know? Wow. But yeah, there's so much great music out there, man. It's a, it's like you can just you know like I said, I I right now I'm trying to think what's on my turntable. I well, I mentioned it in my C D player is the Joy D. Francesco, but I think I have Porter Wagner on my turntable, which Porter is Wagner. yeah, right. Nice. So I went to with uh, Dolly, no Dolly. Nah, this is I think even pre. This is a whole and it's it. But I went uh, with a buddy of mine to record store day, and I came home with Porter Wagner and Jason and the Scorchers, which is one of my favorite. Pay- they're like if, if you know ACDC played country songs, that's the Scorchers. I think I'm gonna check them out. It's yeah, they they still play around, but it's it's they were big in the '80s, and uh, and they're Warner Hodges, the guitar player, is just killer. They're just it's it is it's like heavy metal country, which is pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, it sounds fun. <laughs> so okay, I wanted to ask you about. So you also after GB Layton, you worked with Chris Hockey and Rocket Club, right? Yeah, yeah. Can you tell about that experience a little bit? Yeah, it was it was great. It was right about the time that I just I kind of felt we did all we were going to or could do or we just kind of were in holding pattern so i kind of needed to get out of, of Layton. and right about that same time the guys in the rock club called me and they'd already had a hit that got up to like in the 50s on billboard with a song called one more day <clears throat> and one more, yeah yeah and then so and i had always wanted there was a couple guys in the band that i really billy thomas who was in johnny lang's band we were already friends with because we toured with those guys a lot and i wanted to work with billy and then i want to work i mean everybody joel sales you know, Don, Brian, and uh, Chris. And and so it was a really cool band. And I really liked the songwriting. The harmonies were great. And um, and we recorded an album, and boom, right out of the shoot. Two months, I, I left GB Late and joined that band. And two months later, we had the song North Country yep. on the charts and, and doing well. I'm going up north, 10,000 lakes, they jump in.
so that first summer in into a new band, we were playing We Fest and opening for like Blake Shelton and and you know Jason Aldean and all this stuff and doing some cool shows. So it was like, oh, far out. Okay, this is easy. And then we just kind of it it just wasn't working a ton. Uh, and so it, it, it got a little difficult with that. And, uh, so summer was always like busy and then winter you'd just kind of like relax and we work on a new album and, and, uh, you know, and bands don't always last. And we, I think we made it about three years and everybody kind of went, we need a break. Yeah. And so, uh, we did two albums with that and I really like them. And it was, like I said, they were always fun to make and I, I still listen to songs and I really dig them. Um, and hope. Did you help write any of that stuff, like off the off the North Country record, that song North Country? Or no, I didn't write anything. Word or whatever, like it's another. Oh, it was another hit, wasn't it? Yeah, Country it did band? well, and we did a lot of videos in that band too, and that are really con, especially the Four Letter World, a pretty Four funny. Letter world, that's yeah, it, yeah, pretty funny video, and uh, uh, no, I didn't. There was the writers in that band; they were already kind of set because I came into it after the fact. They'd already done a record, um, but uh, you know, I mean, I. Yeah, I do all my own guitar parts and stuff like that, and we come up with things and work with the producer, work with Joel, and and uh, it's really cool. They're just you know it's 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 such a different thing. GB Layton, we we're that was a pretty slick modern country band, you know what I mean? And it sounds like it. It's and it, we I, I think we did a good thing with that. And sometimes with other bands, you go in and you don't you kind of want to make it more just like organic and raw sounding and and uh, but we did that cool. And then when that kind of decided to take a break, Chris Hockey and I decided to to kind of go off and just continue using some of those songs and then his songs and get it going. And, uh, and that was really fun for a while. And then I just, I just needed a change. And so yeah. I, like I said, I'd been playing with Martin on and off for a couple of years and I called him one day and I was like, Hey, if I leave the, this band, can I just take all your gigs? And he's like, yeah. And then, so I did. And so I, I, I like it. It works. Uh, it, it fits for me now, you know, different, okay. par- different parts of your life. You just want different stuff. And oh, I hear you. And so it's like right now, yeah. For me, it, this is this is cool, and it fits kind of what I want to play, and it fits my lifestyle and stuff like that. So that's awesome, man. Yeah. Um. So in in 2010, yeah. you released a solo record. Yeah. Looks good on paper. Yeah. Um. What made you tell us about that? Well, it uh, Tom Pickard, who was our sound guy at the time, was building a studio in his basement, and he hired my sister-in-law to do some artwork and she's a really good artist and in exchange we were going to record some of her demos and so Tom played drums and then I played everything else and uh, and it's still it's, it's nice and we just had fun and he all of a sudden when we finished we're like, he goes you got anything else? and so I go well I got you know a couple things and we just started playing again and but then all of a sudden we started bringing in some of the other GB guys like Ryan Inselman and Smokey D and, and my friend and Tom Bard and we just and uh, the next thing we know we just we are like well crap we got half a record here let's keep going he's like well go home and write some and so it, it was over the course of about a year that we just you know i'd send my kids to school and stuff like that and run over to his house and try to bash out some stuff and and all of a sudden we had a record and it was you know it's like never really intended i wasn't trying to like go solo or do it, it was just i had some songs i wanted to play them and and you know it was a, i'm trying to th- we were still we were doing like a GB album at the time, so it was like it, within the same timeline as, as one of them, mm-hmm. and I just but I just wanted to do something, and we, and so we released it and and uh, played some shows, and then we decided to put a little bit a band together to go play them, and so we came up with a band called Rex Kramer. I remember and, that. Yeah, Rex and which is actually Jordan, who's now playing for uh, Jordan Carlson, who is in Martin Zeller now, was in Rex as well, and. Uh, 
but which is funny because it's it, we were talking dogs earlier and my dog, he's, he d- passed away last year, but oh. it was, was Rex. That's his name, Rex Kramer. And so it's, it was Rex. But then somebody on Facebook took a photo of me and the keyboard player and said, and spelled it Rex, W-R-E-C-K, like, and it, which I thought was way funnier, you know? <laughs> and then so we called that's, we just kind of named the band Rex Kramer. And, oh, that's uh, great. Yeah, and it was fun. And we just, we played. And you're lead singer on that? Yeah, it was just a four piece. And we just, we, we did, we tried to do tons of, it was we did everything on the record and then we just filled everything else out with tons of like Delbert McClinton and old blues stuff and a lot of country stuff, a lot of Billy Joe Shaver. All good luck and fast bucks are too few and too far between. There's Cadillac buyers and old five and dimers like me. And Charlie Robeson and all we just had fun. It was it was a fun band and it never it, you know, it was, it was more for like, it was, I was in rock club at the time after it came out and we did, it was just fun. It was so different that it was, you know, you could play in this, you know, uh, really, you know, a structured environment, you know, we're using in-ears and wireless packs and the whole bit and, you know, just, and it's really kind of stressful. And then you just, you'd go out and throw your little amp on stage and crank it up and play a bunch of country all night and have fun. And, oh, that's awesome, you know, man. and it, yeah, it was really cool. And so we did that and it was, it was fun. And I'm, I, yeah, I don't know if I'll do another solo one. It was just kind of, it happened so organically. We just started recording and we just kept going, you know? One thing I noticed right away, though, is you, you got a pretty good singing voice, so you oh, kind of got nice. that scratchy, smoky, even good speaking yeah. voice. I thought the vocals sounded good. Oh, cool. Thanks. Um, yeah. So as far as the story behind the song for this episode, I'll kind of ask you about a couple off your solo yeah, record. Yeah. Um, I like the the first track, Beat Bovine. Bovine. Well, Bovine. okay. Remember I told you earlier, it's... it. Uh, the band Reynolds Remarkable Rhythm Cattle, right? So, but anyways, <laughs> Rhythm Cattle beat Bovine. Because Bovine is a cow, and so it's the same thing. Instead of Rhythm Cattle, it's beat Bovine. Because it's kind of like, if you listen to it, it's kind of angular. It's like, yeah. You know, and it's, that was kind of a nod to that. Um, uh, my, my wife would go like, I was playing it, and she, like writing it, and she goes, sounds like Reynolds. And so that's why we, I called it beat Bovine. So... <laughs> But uh, it's uh, yeah, so I that I like that one. That was that was just kind of a nod to that those records we made back in the '90s or you know '80 late '80s and stuff like that. But I'll probably take both these songs at the end of the podcast. Yeah, people vines fun. My other one is I like the is three weeks. Oh yeah, that's a chicken picking machine. Yeah, I just want to do a fast country song. I like that, and nobody you know it, nobody I was recording with was ever doing those, and I just I love that stuff, and I just wanted to. So I was like, well, I'll write something just so I can play incredibly fast and played fast country licks you know uh-huh. so and that was a fun one too we had tommy v uh bobby v's son uh play upright bass on that which oh, is cool he was just a badass you know so that's awesome man yeah and that was the album cover's kind of cool you jumping up in some jumping up and down in that yeah kind of what's it photo booth or something well like that no or... it's just it, and it, it's funny it was using that same guitar we we're talking about that's that old rick that I don't think I used any album, but I used it on the cover. So it just gets more pictures taken <laughs> of it. Photo shoot. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, we went and took all these like really cool photos. At it, this, The photographer I used didn't have a studio at the time. And so we just went to his garage. And we took all these like close-ups that are kind of, you know, me be looking brooding and trying to be cool and stuff. And then at the end, it was like he just backed up. And you can see his, you know, his kids' bikes and all this crap. And I jump up and we're like, I think that's cool. Because that's kind of the looks good on paper thing is like most of our lives, it's like you tell these stories and it sounds like you're just, oh man, you just lived it. And it's like, nah, it's, you know, it, it looks good when you write them all down and, you know, but it's, 
So that was, it was kind of my own self-effacing joke is like, yeah, my career looks good on paper. It's like, eh, reality sometimes is a oh little my different. Oh, God. That's a great story. That's a great title, yeah. too. I didn't know what you meant by that. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Oh, all right. Mr. Luke Kramer, hey, guitar yes. extraordinaire. Thank you so much for being on the Thank Mark you, Music Mark, Podcast. Yeah. It's great to catch up. Um, just thanks, man. Yeah, and, thank uh, you. This was a lot of fun. Summer goes well, and yeah. we'll hang out soon for sure. Yes, that would be great. Thank you so much, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for a new podcast about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you or your business are interested in sponsoring this podcast, please contact me via email at markstarymusic at gmail.com. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time. south of the barn wall Just a hundred yards so till the end of the fence line Try to keep your boots clean and you're gonna have a good time There's beer on ice and some homemade wine and a band starting up called a beat bovine Ain't no cover charge just don't get too wild in the truck, else are gonna get the bull riled. Maybe take a little time, baby, up in the headloft. Cuddle up with the girl where the head gets good and soft. Ain't nothing but fun in the barn at night. Boys, play me a song, baby, cuddle up tight. Last call. This party starting up just south of the barn wall. And sky's getting light, so it's time to wrap it up. Turn the generator off so the band can pack it up. There's beer on ice and some homemade wine.
Backyard. 